Welcome to A Different Way of Traveling. This is a podcast where we discuss travel for persons with disabilities and special needs in South Africa and beyond with our host, Lois Strachan. Join us as we share inspiring stories of people who travel, exciting accessible travel experiences, and showcase service providers who will accommodate those with special needs. And now, on with the show. Hi there, and welcome back to A Different Way of Travelling, a podcast on accessible travel brought to you by Accessible South Africa. I'm your host, Lois Strachan. On today's episode, we're sharing the second part of the interview with ability activist Kaylee Mycroft. In this part of the interview, she talks about summiting Mount Kilimanjaro and shares some of her other experiences traveling internationally in her wheelchair. Oh, just a note. At one point during the interview, Kaylee greets somebody else. That's because her dog, Eden, decided to pop in and just say hello. So don't be confused if you hear that. Right, let's dive back into the story. Um, when we actually got onto the mountain, it was a lot simpler because everybody knew what was going on. So we we had a team, like the full squad that was like going up the mountain with us was probably about like 45 people. Okay. Uh, if you include our team and the porters and the guides and the cooking people, like it's a big, um, it's a big operation. Yeah. And I think the, there were things that were amazing that happened. Like when we were on our way down from the top of the mountain, people forget that you have to come down again. <laughs> you like the whole time you're thinking about reaching the reaching summit. the top. Mm-hmm. And then like two days of walking down the mountain again. Um, and sometimes those are harder because now you've reached the goal and all you really want now is like a bar. <laughs> you haven't had that in those days. And um, there are so many moments on that mountain that were hysterical to us. And when we were coming down and there were people passing us going up and they were like, Did you go all the way to the top? And we were like, Yeah, that's why we came. Like we didn't come here to go halfway. And um we my wheelchair, we named him Scotty. Like beam me up Scotty. <laughs> and um, and so Scotty worked really well. Um we didn't remember or realized when we were making him that um that 
because the chair is made out of stainless steel. And stainless steel um, freezes. Yes. And it gets really, really cold up that mountain. Yes. So we um, were on like day two and the guides were like, we cannot hold this world. <laughs> So we we had to make a plan, and like it's hard to make a plan on a mountain when you have limited supplies. Yes, but, you know we we made we made it work. Um, and sometimes it's good to have like girls on your team, and um, we so we made a plan around that, and the chair worked so well, like for the whole. Time. And the last day, we were going down the mountain, and um, I looked back at, the, at one of the guys who was walking with me, and we heard, like, this crack, in, and it was my handlebars detaching from the wheelchair. <laughs> And so I look back and I'm like rolling down the mountain and he's standing there like, oh, what is up? So they had to sprint a little bit to um <laughs> to catch to, you. To get control of the situation. I but can, we had that so it was fine. I can um, just imagine yeah. after all all of the, the energy and the effort to summit. And then you have something disastrous on the way down. I I want to go more into the detail because it's quite a high climb. I know it starts off a lot more gently, but the last yeah. day at least is steep. How did you do that in the wheelchair? Um, there was a lot of carrying, if I'm being honest. Like there were points where I didn't even really need my wheels because they, I was not on them um, and there like, are a lot of boulders and there are a lot of things that you need to get over so there were points where we would just like move the wheels and um, and just figure it out and have yeah. some um, oh my puppy's coming okay hi baby okay um, sorry, distracting. Um, so there were, there's a lot that you have to get over, and sometimes, um, you have to just be ready for things to go wrong, and that's okay. Um, I don't think that's negative, I think that's planning. Yeah. Um, and I think it's a little bit naive to think that everything's gonna be fine all the time so when I travel anywhere I I like have the expectation that it should be fine and it's gonna be fine eventually but like they are also probably going to be issues at some point I think one of the things that we learn very early on as persons with Different, who are differently abled, is that we do need to become really good at problem solving. 
Because if we want to do things, we can plan as much as we like. And yes, the better we plan, the easier it becomes. But always there's going to be something we haven't thought of or something that doesn't go quite as we expect it to. Or as you said, the handlebars on your chair becoming detached. So we also need to be able to adjust really quickly and figure out ways to get over those unexpected things that just happen. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I'm dying to ask you. So what was it like when you reached the top? What would, what were you feeling? What could you see? What, you know, what, what was it like? Um, so I'm excited that I can remember what it was like up there because um, a lot of people um, get up there and then don't remember because altitude, altitude. thing. Mm. Um, I I remember. Okay, we were up there for like twenty minutes. Yeah. So you get to the top and they're like, well done. Like, let's take your photo. Like, good job. Let's go. Because um, <laughs> it's, not, it's not super safe for people yeah. to be up there at that altitude for that amount of time. Uh, or like for an extended period of time. And I, <laughs> I remember... We started walking to summit at eleven something PM because we had we wanted to like summit with the sunrise or something. Wow. And uh, so that was the goal and that was awesome. And the guys are always like almost there. And I think seven hours into summit night, I was like but if you say that to me one more time, <laughs> I promise you. Like, unless we are properly almost there, like, stop saying these things. And um, what I tell you the whole time is, like, you, we have to get Gilman's, and if we can get to Gilman's point, then that's, like, the point of no return. Mm. And uh, so that was the goal for us for the whole summit, like, experience. Then we get to Gilman's, and they're like, okay, cool, we're almost there. It's, like, two more hours to the peak. And that, that hurt my soul. Still (laughs) I wasn't ready for, like, more, more mountain. And, um, I... It was minus 15 degrees when we were climbing for summit. I have never been that cold in my entire life. Um, I had nine layers of clothing on and um, so frozen. Um, and that's where you kind of learn how powerful your mind is because I had to just decide that I had no control over the fact that I was cold and I couldn't change the fact that I was cold. So I had to like think about other things. And um, that worked kind of. <laughs> um, I remember seeing like the, it, it snowed the, the day that we got to base camp. So there was snow. Um, 
at the top. Um, and that was cool. Um, I remember getting to the the sign where they say you you have reached you have peak or whatever it is. And I felt so sick at that point. I was so internally excited, but I had no way of like expressing that I was excited because I was feeling so gross and like nauseous and I had such a headache and um was so tired because now we've been awake for like days at this point. And <laughs> I didn't even cry. Like I wanted to cry. I couldn't cry. I didn't have the energy to cry. Um <laughs> And it was just, I'm so, I was so proud of us that we made it there and that the, the, we made it up there as a team. And um, our photo is ridiculous because we are all having different experiences of all the kids. <laughs> so, like, Adam was hallucinating people and hiding from things so he's in the photo but behind my wheelchair and like I was super paranoid I was like he's probably going to try and steal me I don't know where these ideas come from but you know it just it happens and I think I think People should put themselves in a position that they have experiences like that. And it's not about, like, it could have been anything. But we we had this ridiculous idea that we could go to the top of a mountain. And, and we did it. And, you know, we didn't have our full team there, which was, um uh, like that was sad but also we learned the lesson that people people's mountains are not all the same size yeah and everybody has a different mountain that they have climb and it's okay for people to it's okay for people to have different mountains and we just need to be supportive and really excited to to go on those journeys with each other because we we learn so many things from the people around us and I I learned so many things from just going and being like this might be a mess but like let's go figure that out anyway you know and we we end up in situations because you say yes to experiences and I think that that's the most important thing I I wanted to go um see things in Barcelona with my friend and so we took a train and like and we didn't speak Spanish at that point. This is a good lesson I've learned. Like, learn the language of the country that you're going to. 
maybe I'll do full language, like, you don't have to be fluent, but be able to say certain things. Yeah. Um, and especially when you're a disabled person, like, learn your disability-specific yeah. words. Like, <laughs> knowing how to say, please do not undo my wheelchair, would have been a really helpful term to know in any situation of travel. But, it's so um, true, yeah. And, uh, but you learn these things through not knowing that the first time. Yeah. And, um, and so I got stuck underground in the subway with my friend because in Barcelona where we didn't speak Spanish and they because like the train didn't go to an accessible um station. Station. Yeah. <laughs> and we were stuck on the ground for two hours trying to figure out how to get out and trying to figure out what the likelihood of me dying would be on an escalator. <laughs> we were just, you know, I don't know, like it was a little bit intense, and I realized in that after that was over that I think I may have a bit of a claustrophobia problem. But like these <laughs> things happen all the time, and you can't just sit in a subway and cry. Like you have to. <laughs> You can do that, but then you have to make a plan. You still so, have to make a plan, yeah. Exactly. Like if you don't make a plan, you're still gonna be stuck in a subway. And so you we we've had these experiences and we've learned from them and some of them have been beautiful and some of them have been horrendous. <laughs> and I, but that's life. I think and all of them exactly that's what life's about it's about figuring things out and it's about learning with each other and it's about having making memories that you didn't really plan on having but you're happy that you have them you know and some of those some of the best memories land up being those moments that are pretty horrific at the time exactly just going going back to that question of language, someone recently introduced yeah. me to an, an, an app called Say Hi. And I'm yeah. able to speak in English and it'll translate it into one of 40 different languages or something. So awesome. it's a Does that great... I haven't tried, I have to admit, and it's a really good question. <clears throat> but yeah, yeah that was. Let me figure out when we were in Istanbul, we had to um, do some translation and couldn't connect to the internet and needed mm-hmm. to go translate when we worked with internet. But you know, like we eventually got to a level of understanding, I yeah. guess. So you just have to be, you just have to figure it out. Just one more thing that we figure out and move on. Talking about moving on, you've chatted about a couple of the challenges in terms of the experiences you've had in the travel 
and tourism industry. What would you say are the greatest challenges for people traveling in wheelchairs? When, when you're in a, a new, a foreign destination, somewhere that is not yeah. your familiar destination or somewhere you haven't been before. Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think people underestimate the level of trust that we have to have in random strangers. So um, even even traveling domestically, like having um, <laughs> having um, other people involved who don't necessarily understand you or your disability, um, is challenging. So for for me, I I really like um, I like traveling in cars. I'm very cool with road trips that take six days <laughs> to get okay. because when I'm in a car, I'm equally able to anybody else sitting next to me. Um, so my wheelchair doesn't really factor into anything if I'm sitting in a car. Um, I really like um, uh, when we're in um, like America and um, Europe, like train travel is amazing because they, I can stay in my wheelchair and um, there's like a place for me and you can have your bags with you. So it's not, it's not only about like my wheelchair and my device. It's like if I have a drama. And I need like a change of clothes or something, or I need something that's in my bag. I have access to that. Um, if I'm in a train, if I'm in a plane, I have to plan a lot better. I have to have everything with me that I could potentially need ever, um, in case something happens. Um, and the the trust that we have to have in, in random people who are normally like picking up bags and not really engaging with disability in any meaningful way in their workplace um it's difficult it's and people under don't understand how important my wheelchair is to me so when i get out of my chair I'm actually not just trusting you with like a chair it's trusting you with my independence yeah and also like aspects of my personality <laughs> because if I'm not in my motorized chair able to go where I want to go I, my like my mom says that I'm a totally different person and so that's a huge thing that I'm giving to the world. I'm letting go of control in that situation. And that's very difficult. Um, and, you know, just I think it's difficult also because every country has different policies and every airline has a different policy. So, like, Sometimes you are, you have to sit in the front 
but and others you're not allowed to be in the first seven and like there are all these random rules and we got stuck in Amsterdam on a plane once for three hours because um because they had taken my wheelchair off the plane to the the baggage claim and the people who do that are different people to the people who take me off the plane and nobody could figure out whose responsibility it was to get the wheelchair from baggage claim to me in the plane. And that took three hours for oh them to work word. That. That's, um, that. That just it boggles the mind. It was remarkable. It was unreal. Um, but, you know, it's... And what we've learned over the years is actually... Um, it sounds a little bit um, like inconsiderate, I guess, in some ways. But I don't care if I'm being inconvenient to you right now. Like this is not convenient to me either. And so having my wheelchair would be convenient to me. And then I don't have to be your problem. So when you can bring, when you get my wheelchair to me, I will no longer be your problem. And so I, I really, um, traveling and like learning and having all these experiences, we've learned, I've learned to be very okay with people being upset with me. Like, if if I'm making your plane late, I'm okay with that because like this is not cool for me. And if I'm in your plane holding up the plane, then you are gonna work harder to get me off of the plane. So it's, it's not like you it's not like you have any choice or say in the matter. You're not exactly. there because you choose to be. I think exactly. sometimes people think that they are doing us a favor by bringing us a wheelchair yeah. Or, yeah. or something like that. But in fact, that's not the case. Yeah. And there's a high like, misunderstanding when um, <laughs> we have had a lot of uh, traumatic experiences get in Istanbul, but we um just relating to travel and my wheelchair and stuff and i never get my wheelchair in istanbul oh, really <laughs> you go it sent somewhere that, to like some secret place that you're not allowed to access i don't know and um last time we we flew through there we they wouldn't give it to me and I had nine hours not in my own chair and they they were they gave us a chair but I'm I'm a small person so I don't fit in your average like mm-hmm. air, air, airport like issued wheelchair that has no support that my feet don't reach the the um the footrest and I'm not safe in that situation. 
I'm not safe in a chair like that. And so people think that, oh, but we gave her a wheelchair so she'll be fine. And like what we've kind of realized is that if I am not independent, the people around me are also not independent. So I, (laughs) because if I can't get myself around, somebody else has to push me. Like, if I'm traveling with my mom, she can't leave. She can't leave me anywhere or, like, she can't go anywhere without me, you know? So it, like, complicates everything. Yes. And um, and we just, like, just give me my chair, dude. <laughs> it's not hard. <laughs> it's not that hard. And I I tend to um I deal like fine in those situations until I don't and then I cry a lot and then things kind of tend to happen. Um because people freak out when a disabled person is crying. And I've learned that that kind of works sometimes for me. So not that I'm crying on purpose, it's very much situation driven, but like sometimes it, it, it turns into a win. So you you know, you just have to I think I am not, I'm not saying that those experiences are positive, like at all. Like yes, they're learning experiences, but I would prefer to not have those. <laughs> yes. I would prefer for people to just be educated and aware and like concerned slightly about my well-being but like if that doesn't happen you can't actually wallow and just be like this is the worst situation ever I'm never gonna travel ever again maybe just be like I'm gonna go to a different airport maybe like, let's not root through here. <laughs> but so you have to make choices based on, um, like, your experiences, but also on wanting to have new experiences. Because if I had said, like, oh, no, I'm not doing this anymore, I would not have, like, half of the epic experiences that I've had. So true. Um, and that you have to go through negative stuff and you have to process it and you have to educate people as you go, you know. And it's not only, we think that there's so much work to be done here in South Africa and there is. <laughs> we, we have a lot to do, but there's a lot to do everywhere. And so it's not just like, living in a developing country like we 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 have the bonus of being make a plan people and so (laughs) we just make a plan and you hustle I think every disabled person is a hustler and that's just (laughs) that's just the lifestyle that we've been given you know and we have to Take it as that and take it as um, as something that we 
can use to teach other people. Um, and what's what's super interesting to me is when I'm used to these things happening, which sounds really bad. Like I'm used to being discriminated against. Like don't worry, I got this. But um, we were in Switzerland, and I was like a group of seventeen young people for global change makers, and um, we were heading back to the airport to go home. And so we had to take a train and we were fine with that because the train that I took on the way there was perfectly fine, accessible, like no issues. We got there, we got our ticket to go back and um, the train arrived and I was like, oh no, this does not look like an accessible train. Oops. And we got to the front and the conductor guy um, was like, no, you can't get on this, this train because you didn't tell us that you were coming. Um, so uh, my friend fought with them for a little bit and then the train left without us. And... Um, Everybody around me was so shook by that that happening. And I wasn't that, like, taken aback by it because that happens all the time. So I was already, like, when he was arguing with her, I was like, we're not getting on this train, so we need to make another plan. What's plan B? Exactly. So I was already in that mode and everybody else was like so angry and like offended for me that we weren't allowed on the train. And um, I was like, it's fine, we'll just take the next one and we'll know that they don't want me on the train. So we'll just get on the train. <laughs> So the like the four biggest guys that were there, like we practiced and they lifted me and then we were like, cool. And the train arrived and we um got on and we it happened. The conductor looked at us and he was like, Um, why didn't you like ask me I could have helped you? And but <laughs> you need to communicate that with your colleagues, <laughs> sir. Because that was not the experience we had just had. And I was in this section of the train and my um, personal care assistant, Toby, was in the next section and somebody else was with, like, my bag and my passport Mm -hmm. in some other section of the train. And that was very stressful. But did we get to the the airport? Like, yeah, we did. (laughs) on the plane that we needed to yeah we did so while that was stressful I was prepared for it but the people around me weren't and I think for them that was a really good teaching moment because I'm so used to that happening that I didn't knew it didn't really phase me that I was denied access to public transport, but they were so taken aback by it that 
it changed the whole way that they understood all the stories that I told them before that. Um, And that's how we build activists, I think, through telling stories and people experiencing things with you. Yes. To empower them to be more powerful advocates because they've had an experience where they've witnessed people being discriminated against. It's so true. Your passion from that as well. Yeah. And it's so true because there's so many different ways that we can make people part of our journey. And I think your speaking is part of that and your experiences and bringing people with you on the journeys that raises awareness and believe me those people who are with you will have told all of their friends as well (laughs) you know there's an old saying about changing the world one person at a time and maybe we are only doing it one or two people at a time but if we as a group as a community of people who are differently abled if we will consistently do that, that's yeah. a lot of people that we can impact. Totally. And I think by taking that approach and thinking, yeah, it's one person, but you're impacting that person meaningfully. Yes. And I I always think that if there's a flight of stairs that I need to get up, like you are going to remember that that flight of stairs is there if you lifted me up those stairs. Yes. Because if you don't, if you don't have a disability and you're not impeded by things, you're not going to notice them. People who are not hindered by stairs don't recognize where the stairs are because it's not a problem for them. But when you are included in an experience, when you're asked to support someone to overcome a barrier that you yourself don't have, that creates a way bigger memory for you than just somebody telling you that I can't access this building. Yeah. Yeah. Ailey, if people would like to follow up with you and find out more about the work you do with the Kaylee campaign, where can they find you? So we have a website. Um, we are on Facebook at the Kaylee campaign. Um, if people want to follow my personal um, journey, I'm on Instagram at Kaylee Minecraft. Um, I'm on Facebook at Kaylee Minecraft. Um, I have a YouTube channel where I talk about things, um, show some ridiculousness. So like, people can find us on all forms of social media. So just search for me or search for the Katie campaign and you'll find us. And just to confirm the spelling is C-H-A-E-L-I. Yep. For Katie. Brilliant. Final question. After yeah. all the traveling that you've done and some of the stories you've shared with us, what advice would you give to someone else in a wheelchair to inspire them about why 
they should move out of their comfort zone and travel. I think you should just do it. I, I, I've learned so many things. I've, I've met so many people. I've, I've had access to things that I would not have had if I stayed in my bedroom. And I think it's about, it's important to have an attitude of adventure. And adventure is not just like going on international trips and like taking cruises and all these different things. It's like, I'm going into the world every day. (laughs) The world doesn't necessarily understand me. And that's okay because I'm here to teach the world how to understand me. And I, I have to be brave in that, in that step. You know, I I have to recognize that and say, I'm going to do it anyway. People are not ready for that, but I'm ready for that. And so that would be like the first thing, I think, just be brave enough to take on adventures that you find in everyday existence. And then also surround yourself with people who are keen and excited and ready to go on those adventures with you. Because sometimes I'm terrified of doing things like triathlons. I'm terrified. But I have people around me who are saying it's going to be amazing I'm here for you. I've got you. I'm not going to let anything happen to you. And so I think to like combining those two things would be the way to to go through life and live live adventurously and taking every day as the ridiculous adventure that it, that it is. Um and just embracing every experience and every opportunity that we that we have, um, because it's been given to us for that reason, for us to embrace it and to learn from it and to use it to teach other people. Those are very profound words. Thank you, Kaylee. It has been absolutely amazing chatting to you today. I really appreciate your taking the time out of your day to come onto the podcast and to share with us a little of the experiences that you've had. It was really great having the opportunity to chat about accessible travel with Kaylee Mycroft. I'm really glad that she could spend some time with us. Many of the views that she shared about travel seem to be encapsulated by this quotation from Simon Raven, from whom we draw our travel quote for this episode. He said, Life is short and the world is wide. The sooner you start exploring it, the better. That's it from us for this time. Thanks so much for joining us on this episode and we'll see you in the next one. That's it. 
from us for this time. You can find Accessible South Africa on the web at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za, on Facebook and Instagram at Accessible South Africa, and on Twitter at Accessible SA. You can also email us at podcast at accessiblesouthafrica.co.za. Editing by Crate Stratton using Hinderberg software. Our theme music is by Lu Chil Chow, based on a motif by Lois Stratton. Credits read by Musa Izulu. Thank you for joining us on a different way of traveling. We'll see you next time. Until then, happy travels.